seeking the will of God for this service. Uh, the Lord led me in a uh, direction, and I believe he has confirmed that. But just to uh, finish up on what I forgot, I was so focused on what I want to share with you, that immediately following the rock altar service, after the rocks have been anointed and we have all prayed, we will enjoy a fellowship meal in the fellowship hall where the air conditioning is. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Lord. So uh, we give the ladies a few moments to get ready for that immediately following the rock altar service. Uh, the rock altar service is unique. We've had other churches take this up uh, since we did it. Uh, the first rock altar service was the second Sunday of October in 1989. About 70, a little over 70 folks were in attendance. We had a lot of folks that don't go to church here. A lot of Baptist folks come uh, to be in attendance for that day. They had really, the Lord had moved on them, and they had really been a tremendous help and blessing to us. And uh, we uh, used the example of the Old Testament of the rock altar that the Lord instructed his people. You build an altar, I'll meet you there. That's why these altars in this sanctuary, uh, we have removed the stigma from that. Well, I can remember, man, if you got up and went to the altar in church, you shot the Pope or robbed the bank one. And people, and the thought in folks' mind, wonder what they did. We don't do that here. This altar is a meeting place. It'd do you good to come to the altar if you ain't asking God for nothing. Just say, Lord, thank you for the fact that I ain't asking you for nothing and fulfilling my responsibility to pray for the needs of somebody else who might be hurting right now. So we removed that. Anyway, we, we built the, uh, the rock altar. This was just a pasture. There was a, 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 a trailer that used to sit here for years, and there was a pile of trash over a little past where the piano sits now as far as the property is concerned. There was an old, small barn up at the corner of the railroad track and uh, Lake Wanda Rita Road, and uh, the rest of it was fenced in with barbed wire. And I remember when we came over to inspect this uh, property, uh, Brother Robert Meadows uh, was with us, and it was growed up. Mount Montana, that drainage ditch was nothing less than snaky. And Brother Meadows just plunged right in there. I said, Brother Meadows, they snakes in there. I ain't afraid of no snake. I got to see how this is going to drain out. So <laughs> he did. I stood outside just in case anything happened. I could run in there and drag him out, you know. It was snaky, man. <laughs> it, it, it still, if you go down that ditch, we got that great big old that long uh, crawfish snake that I saw mowing the grass. And this encourages everybody, doesn't it? Now the rumor get out. They started handling snakes over at that Pentecostal church. No, we haven't. But we uh, pay $12,000 down on this land to a church of Christ minister. And in less than 30 days, we met him back in the attorney's office, gave him $6,000 more in cash, and he was one amazed man. Uh, we had a no... Uh, prepayment penalty clause. I didn't even know what that was uh, attached to our contract with him. But So the land was paid off by the glory of God. And we came to dedicate this place to the Lord. This is not our property. It's his property. We're merely taking care of it. It is our responsibility to take care of it. And we will give an account to him if we don't take care of it. That's why our membership, and I caution folks, you know, we have... Uh, I enjoy taking new members in the church. The reason we have membership orientation class, I want everybody to know, look, when you become a steward of this congregation, you become responsible to God for this congregation. And, and when I shake my hands, I tell them, this is your church. This ain't Brother Andy's church. I've had to 
deal with that over the years, even when it was given in a complimentary sense. Uh, I was at a meeting. We like to welcome Brother Hutchins from up in uh, the northern part of the state. He's really done a great work. I've had a, when you tell a former general overseer of the Church of God, hey, man, <laughs> wait a minute, hold up. Don't you give me credit for that. You think I'm going to take credit for that? You've lost your natural mind. Amen. I know a man who spoke with such wonderful words that people lifted him up as a God. You know what happened? He didn't give glory to God and got eat up with worms. I said, you know what? I just prefer not to get eat up with worms. I just prefer to give the Lord the glory. He did it. He's still doing it. And he's going to take us to the house, as Brother Gene Smith said so many years ago. We built the first rock altar. People came, and it was a cool, cold, windy day. And uh, the men of the, uh, the church, uh, we, that was when we had the little small uh, oil bottles and put our thumb over it, and we'd kind of drip it out because we didn't know what we was doing. I mean, we, we thought we were convinced we were following the leading of the Lord, but as far as any specifics were concerned, you know, we were, you know, just, we were dripping. And my uncle Jimmy Hutchins, who uh, was in the nursing home, we'd brought him, bundled him up real good, and that black coat, if y'all remember, he had that red wool scarf on and that, and, uh, that hat we wanted to, didn't want to get him sick, and, and uh, we got my Uncle Jimmy up, and he just real gingerly walked up to the rock altar. But when he got that oil, he poured it out. Listen, folks, the Lord does not dribble out his blessings by the drop. It says it is poured out. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost was poured out. Hallelujah, he is still being poured out. And when, uh, when that happened, there was just a, a unique demonstration of God's presence among us like just a very gentle wind that blew through and people said what was that and I said man. man that's the Holy Ghost he was blessing us and we give God thanks he's been faithful to us over the years we've had 30 years ago there were messages and in tongues interpretation given out we used to have conference meeting every month until we got sitting around going well I think we got just about everything covered let's do it every quarter and, uh, but in one of those monthly conference meetings um, years ago, there was a message in tongues, interpretation given out. Interpretation was the Lord said, you'll be the head, not the tail. I'll watch over you. I'll bless you. I'll protect you. I'll prosper you. I'll provide for your every need. Just trust in me. And he has never failed. He has never failed. We've been through some tough times. We have experienced some gut-wrenching agony over these years we suffered some from our perspective they were terrible losses but from their perspective they went home to be with Jesus amen as I shared with you last week Lord impressed on me that heaven was better than healing so when he takes one on hey don't cry for them cry for yourself you got left you know you're still here so uh, you know we've we've had we've run the gamut of uh, as far as highs and lows are concerned but even with that, the Lord has been faithful and has brought us to this day. So I feel he, what he would desire for me to do, instead of just giving you a three-point uh, sermon this morning, would be to go to a portion of our church constitution, which is available for everybody. We have copies out on the table in the vestibule. We have complete transparency here. Our financial reports are transparent. They're down to the penny. You won't know how much church gives me. It's on the board out there. If you'd like a copy, our next conference meeting will be the first, uh, last Monday night of this month and a uh, uh, financial report will be given out. If you uh, contribute to this church and you're not a, a member of the conference and you want a copy of the financial report, beloved, we'll give you one. Amen. 
I'd give one Jason Espy if you want to put it some of the night, you know. We have, nothing, we have nothing to hide. We don't do anything in secret. Jesus said in secret, I have done nothing. Our, uh, we've had this principle of financial transparency from day one. You want to know what the conference uh, votes on? Minutes of the conference are posted. Be glad to give you a copy of that so you know exactly what's taking place. But in August 13, 1989, the Constitution and bylaws of this congregation were ratified and the first charter members were taken in to that conference. And that was, uh, that was held over in the Seventh-day Adventist Church on Bella Avenue. Now I'm going to get into a little bit of that first uh, Sunday morning meeting that we had toward the end of what I want to share with you. But the Seventh-day Adventist people were so gracious to us uh, because we had just uh, filled up the Willingham home and you know, and Taylor was tired of people tromping around his bedroom. So, uh, where's he? I'm sorry, you are. He's one of the six. Old Taylor is. We had 12 adults, six kids. And uh, Taylor was one of them six kids that went in the kitchen to have children's church that, that first Sunday morning. But uh, having filled up that home, well, you got 70 people in your house, that's too many people in your house. Amen. That's too many people going to your bathroom. That's just too many. They know what kind of toothpaste you use, your deodorant, everything else, stuff. And ain't nobody's business but yours. Over 70 people are now aware, you know, of what your favorite products are when you go to the store. Anyhow, um, we, we searched. The, the men of the church met, set the congregation in order in uh, Brother Willingham's living room. And uh, that's why that house is a historic place. As a matter of fact, there's a plaque that was given uh, to Brother Dale uh, to put in, in the house, signifying that house as a place of historical significance. I remember uh, quite uh, with very warm memories uh, preaching behind a very small lectern and the person who was closest to me was no farther than two feet away from me and there was no horizontal worship. It was all vertical. You want to worship God, have at it, but you got to go straight up and down because you ain't got room to go side to side. All those cars parked on Hilltop Drive and the neighbors going, what in the world is Dale doing they have in church, man. And uh, I promise you that the Eccles and the Hughes and some other folks were just tickled to death when we finally moved to the uh, Seventh-day Adventist building on Bell Avenue so they could get their uh, road back again so they could get in and out of it. But uh, while uh, we were over there, our Constitution and bylaws were ratified. The uh, first charter members were taken in. And uh, we appreciate and have uh, expressed our thanksgiving to the good folks. A lot of those folks have gone on to be with the Lord now at the Seventh-day Adventist congregation in Somerville. We have uh, allowed them to use our facilities, which is only the right thing to do. Uh, they've had some like, district meetings and large meetings that they've, uh, they've held here. And uh, I've kind of got up because a lot of the folks didn't know, what are we doing in this Pentecostal church? And I tried to explain to them that you're here because your brothers and sisters years ago showed Christian uh, kindness and hospitality to us. So the Seventh-day Adventist folks need to use this building. We let them. We don't charge them a penny. We tried to pay them. They would not take it. How many of y'all remember how hot it was in that building? Amen. Yeah, Taylor does. Praise God. Got out of my bedroom, and now I'm in this building. Ain't got no. Had two small air, small air conditioners in the windows. And, hey, you put 80 people in there, you, that just ain't cutting it. Uh, how many of y'all remember the trap door behind the pulpit where the baptistry was? I thought that was unique. And uh, it always had a little give in it, you know, and I thought, you know, I hope nobody gets it in their mind. Let's do this. Let's have these little panic buttons. Brother Andy 
If you or Brother Dale or whoever gets tedious, we'll just punch it. You'll go down. We can pop another one up. Maybe <laughs> got a little more than Norton than you got. But uh, those were, are, were fond memories. We, uh, we did our best to ex express our appreciation to those folks. We painted it and installed uh, ceiling fans uh, in their building uh, before we left. So having said all that, what I believe the Lord wants me to share uh, this morning is uh, Article 3 in our church constitution that concerns the objectives of this congregation, what we desire to achieve. Amen. And as I've shared with you before, I'm going to say it one more time and I'm on a hush. My only concern, my only concern about us is that we will go sleep in Zion. We'll look around, say, hey, we have everything we need. You know, we don't need to make any more effort. We got, you know, we got everything we're going to make. We don't have a payment. We know we don't have a mortgage. All this stuff, the Lord has blessed us. We'll just sit back and wait for Jesus to come. That is the only thing that concerns me. We have been placed here for a reason. Amen. We have a mission to fulfill. And these objectives that we all agreed to 30 years ago are still valid. Objective number one. To be a dynamic spiritual organism empowered by the Holy Ghost to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible in our church, community, and throughout the world. What does that mean? To be alive. To be a dynamic spiritual organism. Aren't you glad you come to church this morning and that choir sang and the Spirit of God began to move in this house? Amen. Jesus said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Our objective is to be alive. There's nothing worse, nothing, nowhere, no experience is worse than a dead Pentecostal church. As a matter of fact, that's an oxymoron. You can't be a dead Pentecostal church. You can be a dead church, but you can't be a dead Pentecostal church because the spirit of the Lord is there is life. And it is our objective to be alive. It is our objective to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's what we desire to achieve. Amen. It is our objective to share this gospel by any means possible with as many people as we possibly can. Our standard of success is the salvation of the lost. Our standard for success is the restoration of the backslidden. Amen. Our standard of success is uh, the uh, use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit also. We got to There are too many lost people in Chattooga County. There are not enough pews. There are not enough seats in every church in this county to accommodate the number of lost people in Chattooga County. It is our responsibility to share the gospel with the lost. The baptism in the Spirit is more than speaking in tongues this morning feeling great. Amen. It's that Brother Dan had to take off this morning. That's wonderful. I love it. But it's more than that. It is powerfully presenting this gospel to people who are lost so that they may believe and be saved. Number two, to be a worshiping fellowship, experiencing an awareness of God, recognizing his person, and responding in obedience to his leadership. To worship in spirit and truth. What does Pentecost, what's the definition of Pentecost? Participate. Amen. To have an opportunity to worship. If you don't worship God in this house, you know what? It's your fault. Don't blame me. Don't blame Brother Greg, Brother Dan. Don't blame these special singers. Don't blame these musicians. 
If you don't worship God in this house, it is your fault because there ain't nobody holding you back but yourself. And I, I, I've seen folks over the years, I look at them and say, you know what, if you just let go and, and obey God, you just feel so much better. But there's a struggle. Your flesh don't want to do it, and your enemies surely don't want you to do it. But if you overcome that and do it anyway, I'm here to tell you, you'll be glad that you did. Let's worship the Lord. That's our objective in spirit and truth. Let's experience and recognize God in our midst. Now, Brother Dan didn't know what I was going to say this morning, but I heard him up here when he said, the Lord is here. He's here. He's in this house. And we, we have such an, a, a, an anticipation of that happening every time we meet on a regular basis. If we're not careful, 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 church, we'll commit the sin of taking it for granted when we should be appreciating it afresh every opportunity we have. Let's experience him. People say, I don't believe in God. Come to this church. Come to this church. I invite every atheist. I, I can, you come to this church. You, 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 can say, you don't have to do nothing. A lot of them won't because they're scared of us. Why? Because they're afraid we're going to do something. We have brothers and sisters in Christ going to the same heaven we are, but they're scared to death of us. Why is that? Because you do something. I remember years ago, that Wednesday night, we had that Thanksgiving service down at the old Presbyterian church in the middle of Somerville, and they asked me to pray. And that pastor, bless his heart, was just absolutely mortified. Are you going to pray? Yeah, I'll pray. Pray. I thought, son, I can, I can, I can, I can impress you all folks with my ritualistic, you know. I almost asked him, you got a bottle of oil around this house? He'd have passed out. <laughs> well, praise God, let's do something. Let's pray for the sick. Let's believe in Jesus, love one another, and pray big. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And then finally, to obey his leadership. Obey his leadership. You want somebody else to get your blessing? Sit there like a knot on a log. I've done it. I'm guilty. Lord said, get up and walk. Hey, I ain't going to get up and walk. You know, I, I would just, and you know what? We're afraid of what somebody's going to think. Woo, Lord, help us. You come into this church, you may as well park that. Amen. Obey the leadership of the Lord. Sometimes, it's like, y'all remember what Brother Doug uh, shared with us in youth conference? About that time he was here preaching, it was dead as a hammer. He said, he'd never been to a service. Pentecostal worship center was dead as a hammer. He said, and then Sister Martha White let out a scream that would take a hair off your head and got up and started walking around this church and the Spirit of God just went, whoa. Obey his leadership. He's not going to ask you to get on top of his roof and jump off. It may be just something as simple as raising your hands or something as simple as step. You don't maybe have to walk around just to step out from that pew. It may be as simple as coming down to the altar with your hands raised because your obedience may be the key to unlock somebody's salvation. I ain't talking about getting a, if somebody If it gets in the flesh, don't worry. We got people here with discernment. We'll take care of it. We've handled it in the past. Y'all remember that time that lady, bless her heart, that's come out of the choir and she got right down there and got on her knees and her backside went straight up. And I went, well, I don't believe the Lord's in that. But I was too chicken to go to her and say anything. 
But Sister Shirley Bethune, somebody, you tell Shirley, I was bragging on her today, all right, from the pulpit. It took Sister Shirley Bethune now, and she was just as sweet as she could be. Old darling hunt or whatever, she just, just grabbed her and picked her right up, got her straightened out, and, and took her to her seat, just as did it in love. And I was over there going, man, I ain't getting over there no close to that, because I don't. For several reasons. Verse, verse 3, point number 3. To experience an increasingly meaningful fellowship with God and fellow believers. To deepen our relationship with God and fellow Christians. How much of God can I have, Brother Andy, as much as you want? Isn't that great? How deep can my relationship be with God? Just as deep as you want it to be. And, and, and nothing else affects that. It's just your desire. We sing, I don't him. I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. Well, you can. You make the effort. I promise you he'll cover more distance than you do to come to that meeting place. See, we can only reach out that far. He covers the distance and comes to us. You can have as much of him as you want. To help people, number four, help people experience a growing knowledge of God and man, that just means to teach the word of God to everybody. To teach the word of God. Because see, in this Bible, we are given an understanding of who he is, what he's going to do, when he's going to do it, what he desires and what he dislikes. And beloved, now I'll say it again. I've been saying it a lot lately. It behooves you, if you can be behooved, it behooves you to find out what the God that created this universe, who he is, what he likes, and especially what he don't like. To embrace what he likes and to abstain from what he dislikes. Amen. You'll be glad that you did. Five, to be a church which ministers unselfishly to persons in the community and the world in Jesus' name. That means to serve without selfish motives. I'll say it again. It is amazing what can be accomplished if nobody cares who gets the credit. We serve with unselfish motives. We don't have uh, any uh, of, of ulterior motives. There's nothing between the lines. Everything is, is clear to be seen. But we serve the Lord without seeking for ourselves, but to serve him. You know, he's worthy of our service. If he don't bless us again, if we never experience another blessing from God, he's worthy of our service. Amen. He's worthy for us to serve him. And a lot of times, you know, we, we think, well, my, my service is, you know, Sunday morning, maybe Sunday night, maybe Wednesday. No, your service is every day, all day long. Lord, here I am. Use me for your glory and for your honor. Saw that woman the other night at the football game that the Lord touched when our sister prayed for her in the Dollar General store. Man, this thing ain't just for church. It's for everywhere we are. You child of God. They had one of the foster uh, brothers in his football uniform. Boy, he's fixing to go out, and he's successful. He's a tremendously talented uh, athlete. And he's probably on his way to the NFL and he's going to be a very rich man one day. You know what I put on there, what I told him to his face? His brothers also. I said, son, football is just what you do. It's not who you are. You are a man of God. Now, I've known them boys since the day they come in this world and them other children as well. But I remember at a, at a youth conference a few years ago while they were still in high school, I grabbed both of them by the in a neck because I knew where they were heading. I say, boys, athletics is what you do. It's not who you are. You're a child of God. That's who you are. Amen. Then finally, to be a church whose purpose is to be Christ-like, 
in our daily living by emphasizing total commitment of life, personality, and possessions to the Lordship of Christ. Unconditional commitment. Unconditional commitment. Cain brought his sacrifice to the Lord and said, accept it. The Lord said, you know I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to worship you on my terms. God did not accept it. He rejected it. Abel brought his blood sacrifice. God accepted that. Cain's response, we all know the story. He got jealous and mad. Unconditional commitment. Amen. Lord, I'll do this if you'll do that. Lord, I'll serve you, period. I'll serve you, period. That first Sunday morning meeting, 30 years ago, in the Willingham home, as Dorothy and Marlene were in the kitchen with the kids having children's church, we were in the living room. We had a, Peggy played the piano that morning, if I'm not mistaken. Dale read scriptures. We had a little testimony. And we prayed, but this is what we prayed. You know why we're here today? I'll give you a real quick insight. Oh, Lord, your will be done. Show us what you desire for us to do. We offer no conditions. No conditions. We merely seek for your will to be accomplished in us. Here we are. We are your children. We are your people. We need your help. We need your direction. We ask you to direct us. We will do whatever you instruct us to do, period. We will do whatever, and I mean whatever, you instruct us to do. And then you know what happened as we're all built up to this climatic moment? Nothing. He didn't say nothing. I mean, we was at least looking for an earthquake. He didn't say nothing. So we looked at each other and said, well... Y'all want to meet back next Sunday? Yeah, let's meet back here next Sunday. Okay, so 12 went to 24. Lord, show us what you want us to do. We'll do whatever you tell us to do. No conditions. And by that I mean whatever you tell us to do, we'll do it. We are just we're, we're seeking your will. We, we, we pray for discernment. We pray for understanding. We ask you, Lord, speak to us. Show us from the word. By the Holy, however you want to do it, just show us. And nothing happened. So we looked at each other and said, well, you want to meet back next Sunday? Yeah, let's meet back next Sunday. So 48 people showed up. And we're praying, oh, Lord, whatever you want us to do. Sometimes humans can be just kind of, you know, stupid. Or we miss the, the obvious. So after that Sunday night meeting, well, two things happened. The first thing was Brother Frank McGraw. Brother Andy, when did you really, it sink into you that this was God's will? When Frank McGraw lifted his hand. said, Brother Andy, can I say something? I said, yes, Brother Frank. You can say whatever you want to. He stood up. He'd been out of town. He said, I'm for it. And when he said that, settled it with me. Brother Frank McGraw's for it. That's all I need to know. What do you mean by that? Because I knew that man. I knew how he lived. And I knew that wasn't the first time he'd prayed today. Those of you who never had the privilege of being with Brother Frank McGraw when he prayed, I shared it with you before. I can't hardly talk about it without crying. 
But it's like singing. Brother Frank started praying. I just stopped just to listen to him man pray. My Lord, my God. He stood up and said, I'm for it. I said, that's it. That's my confirmation. That's what I, all I need to know. And then the next service that we had, immediately following the men got together, said, well, <laughs> we, don't need to, we don't need to be tromping around Taylor's bedroom no more and Kayla's bedroom no more and Jay's bedroom no more. Dale and Karen, you know, their bathroom and all that stuff. We need to find a place. And the rest is history. The Lord has blessed us 30 years. Man, think of that for a second. 30 years. And we are still here. 30 years and we have experienced the blessings of God from one end to the other. How would we know that some of the greatest, if not the greatest, ministers of the gospel on the planet would preach in this house? Kenny Morris, you got a better preacher, you drag him up, I want to hear him. Dolus Messer, you got a better than Dolus Messer, I'd love to meet him. You ain't going to find one. Going down the list, Tim Colley, Eddie Sullivan, Marshall Adcock, the Chapman brothers, I mean just one after. And how the Lord has ordered our steps from something as simple as Brother Darrell Turner saying, Brother Andy, I believe you need to go to a meeting down at uh, the Church of God in, in uh, Grand Bay, Alabama, and I've never been to Grand Bay. I, you know, I didn't lose nothing down there. But I went. I didn't think, you know, well, I don't know if the, the council will send me or not, and I Presented it to the church council because Brother Andy is not the boss of the church. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. You know what the, you know what their response was? Brother Turner said that? I said, yeah, Brother Turner. Brother Darrell Turner? Yeah, Brother Darrell Turner called me and said, well, then you need to go. Okay. How did I know I'd meet out in Stokes? How did I know that I'd uh, hear a man on a Wednesday night Preached me under conviction to where I jumped in, me and Harold Hanks both dove in the altar, and the first thing I asked God was, was I saved? How did I know that when I called him, he would say, yes, Brother Andy, I'd be glad to come to your church and preach. How many of y'all remember my darling and the dog? First message Kenny Marsh preached behind this pulpit. Outstanding. And then we could go on, and I could, you know, go on for 30 years' worth. But today, Dedication Day, is the day we set aside to give God praise, to thank him for the abundance of blessing that he has poured out upon us. We've been doing this. This is 31. This is the 31st time we will go out to that rock altar. We will drench them in oil, and we will pray to God. The 31st time. Lord needs to come back because I don't have any more of these. I'm going to live to see, you know. But anyhow, we're going to do this. But before we do, we have a responsibility. We got folks that need prayer. We got folks that are sick. We got folks that'd rather be here than where they are. And we're going to pray and ask the Lord to do that work so they can get back here instead of where they are. Let's remember all the folks over at Oak Butte Nursing Home. And then the following names, I'm, I'm not going to rush through this. Helen Williams, my brother, Pat Gaines. Sheila King, John and Ophelia Paget, Teeny Scoggins, Big Steve Dyer, Glenn Patterson, Sewell Cash, Sister Joan Morris's mom and dad, Ruthie Colley, Sister Hire, 
Bobby Holbrooks. Brother Bobby had rather be here than where he's at, and we all know it. And we miss him when he's gone. Amen. Brother Rich's wife, we're praying for her. Lucille and Hill Hamby. Addie Johnson. Gary Fortune. Aunt Louise Overton. B. Vineyard. Chaz and Addison. Keitha Shamlin. Jeanette Underwood. Tanya Woods. Sheila King. That is Sheila Fly. Oh. Yeah, I did. Sheila, how come you, she gets on here twice, three times? Lord, Lord does that, I reckon. He's watching out for you. Earl Brown, it's good to see Earl in church now. Boy, he went through the, the, the meal at UAB the other day. I was talking to him for service all day long. How does that go through tests all day long? My Lord, we're praying for you, Earl. Cindy Morgan, Hilda and Barry Camp, Hunter Robinson. Hunter's in the, uh, the hospital. She had a, a, a thyroid issue, and she needs for her calcium level to go up. We're going to pray and ask the Lord, like I prayed for her last night. Man, when you're in the hospital, I ain't going to do no lay me down to sleep or no prayer to impress the nurses about how educated I am. I'm going to pray and beg God to get you out of there. Because if I hope I don't have to go back, but if I do, I, that's a prayer. I want somebody praying for me. Amen. Leah Henderson, remember her. The Just As I Am Choir, wherever they may be singing this weekend. And again, we pray for our president, Donald Trump, and our vice president, brother, Mike Pence. Amen.